Today, a United States base in Syria is under attack. Donald Trump warns of death and destruction if he is indicted. Joe Biden's federal vaccine mandate is delivered another blow. And also, I have a conspiracy theory that in order to run as a Democrat, you must have a single-digit IQ. And I have the video to prove it. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Friday. I'm chewing gum because it's Friday. So it's casual day and the audio guys are going to kill me, but I'm chewing gum. Um, I want to. Okay, so I want to get to what's going on in Syria. Uh, This is kind of an ever changing situation. Um, So I'll just say as of the time of this taping, according to U.S. officials, a new missile strike targeted a U.S. base in northeast Syria today. Uh, This comes just a day after a United States contractor was killed and five United States service members and another U.S. contractor wounded when a suspected Iranian drone hit a coalition base in the same region. Uh, you just saw saw some of that, the, the flames and the fire, for those of you who are listening on podcast. Officials confirmed the new attack targeting uh, an American base. Uh, uh, they said that there were lots of rockets fired, no known U.S. casualties. Reports surfaced earlier today that the uh, missile salvo had targeted a U.S. base near the Al-Omar oil field in northeast Syria. And um, look, the the Defense Department said the intelligence community had determined uh, that there was an unmanned aerial vehicle uh, used in the attack yesterday. It was of Iranian origin. Two of the wounded U.S. service members were treated on site. Uh, Three others and the injured contractor were transported to medical facilities. Um, But I want to talk about these these airstrikes uh, that are going on Uh, there. Reports say they are by groups affiliated with Iran's Revolutionary Mm -hmm. Guard. Um, and uh, Austin said that he authorized retaliatory strikes. Of course, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said he, he authorized defense retaliatory strikes at the direction of President Biden. And uh, I, I want to I I kind of set the stage here with some background information, um, and then I want to toss it and introduce the panel. So I'm going to be honest. I went and talked to uh, the expert here, who is Jason Buttrell, uh, of course, a foreign intelligence expert. And, and the background that I, I want to bring to you that he shared with me um, is that this is sort of a like a global restructuring after the Iran-Saudi deal last week that China brokered. You're going to hear a lot of China brokering deals, which is a little interesting. I'd like to get into that. Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, long adversarial powers. They're fighting a proxy war in Yemen and continue to support opposing sides across the region. The deal is a diplomatic win for China because uh, China is, you know, seeking to present this, like, I don't know, alternative vision to the the, the amazing redo, uh, as we call it, because we don't want to get censored by YouTube. Uh, earlier this week, China went to Moscow to try to Again, broker a deal, this time between Russia and Ukraine uh, and U.S. The U.S. is just, of course, funding the war rather than trying to help broker peace. Really makes you wonder, doesn't it? Um, So there's also discussion of Saudi Arabia and Iran joining the BRICS alliance. This is Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa, which would mean all of the major oil producing companies in the world would be part of the same alliance. Uh, And the countries also make up half of the global population. Um, 
I'm really trying to determine, like, at a level of one to five, like, how high the alarm bells should ring right now. And uh, to do that, I want to bring in my guest today. I have Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder of Ripaverse Comics, as well as John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie. Um, how alarming should this be? Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give you a little white pill. Probably not at all. Right. Uh, when you consider... The fact now, well, not to what you're speaking to. Let me mm-hmm. say that alarming in the sense that yes, Americans should have been paying attention to what the hell's going on in Syria, uh, but not to the degree of what it is that you're speaking speaking with as far as China and all the moves that they're making. I think the context certainly is important here. That people need to understand that you know we talk about presidents and we act like they're the supreme rulers of these countries, and this is one of the things that they're specifically in in, in charge of. So if there's one thing that you can put on Biden's head. It's specifically this. Now, in August, if I'm not mistaken, there was uh, some escalation in in Syria that the United States were they bombed uh, or sent some sort of what they call always these precision airstrikes. Um, And it was, of course, in retaliation. Ironically, back then, there were no civilian casualties when they were pointing to this. It was like I think they said there were some injuries uh, of like three U.S. uh, soldiers Mm -hmm. that were there, but no casualties. Mm -hmm. That was the last kind of big news. There's always something going on in Syria, but that was the last big news that we kind of got. And now we, of course, have this ordeal where you do have some uh, uh, casualties. And they are, of course, saying that Biden has instructed us to start making making noise. So I can totally understand where people are coming from when they see all this other crazy stuff going on. They're like, well, this is a power move by way of of the United States to say that, hey, we still are the honchos and we'll still blow you to pieces in the event that we have to we have to do that. But this is just more Syria being Syria, or rather the United States occupying a freaking nation that they have no business being in. That's, I don't think people understand. I yeah. think there's still almost like a thousand soldiers uh, that are still occupying Syria. Now, I don't know about that that specific region, but they do obviously have U.S. bases and they, they're still they're still there. Mm-hmm. Why? I guess we can go down that rabbit hole if we want to go through this in something that just started with one president by any means. But they're still there occupying a country. You can imagine when you're occupying a country. Yeah, there's probably going to be some sort of conflict. And that's the perpetual kind of war state that America has been in where you're somewhere that you don't need to be. The, the people that are there, this is not to justify their actions, I'm just right. giving you the facts. The people that are there start to retaliate, be it with terrorist groups. Maybe it's people that you funded yourselves, mm-hmm. which all often mm-hmm. happens, That's or at right. least you gave them the weaponry that they maybe just stumbled mm-hmm. across, and then they use that to then attack you or your supposed allies that you're that you're trying to uh, arm or resistance or whatever to any sort of regime that's out there. But of course that type of stuff's going to happen when you're sitting there in a country that you have no business being in. It's the great blowback as... Uh, Ron Paul would always say. So this stuff is going to continue to happen. But I think Americans, uh, excuse me, the military, they incentivize this stuff to happen. And it seems like they want it because then they can just say, well, look, they attacked us. Right. Of course, we're going we to retaliate back. We, we absolutely have to. But why are you there is the question that we need to be asked. I, I love that you said that, because when I read this story, um, I that was my the first thing that I thought my inner monologue was like, why is there still a U.S. base in Syria to begin with? I think there's several. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know, but I'm yeah. saying, like, why, why is there yeah. one to attack in the first yeah, place? Correct. Hey, you know how we don't get attacked in other countries? Get the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah, people just take this for granted. And even, you know, it used to be very unpopular to point out the fact that, like, the reason that we were attacked on September 11th was because we had been over there meddling in the first place. And people, this is so unpatriotic. How could you say that? And it's like, well, I'm saying that because, well, I was, I was like two at the time, but I'm saying that because <laughs> I don't want this to happen. And we have to think about these things logically. Yeah, you're not, you're not excusing them for the behavior. You're just saying right. that like this was part of you got to take that as a factor yeah we had uh bill clinton's secretary of state went on 60 minutes and said that like half a million iraqi children starving to death because of what we did to that country was worth it for like what we achieved for democracy or something and that message got broadcast throughout the middle east so you have to like assume that's gonna probably make some people pretty angry and mm -hmm. that might compel them but you know the thing that we were told was well they're just these crazy bad guys who just want to come over here and just they hate us because we're free and then you look at like what the consequences of that freedom are and it's like drag queen story hour and then trying to bring that over into the Middle East. Did you see the Taliban actually like ratioed Hillary Clinton on Twitter? No. Oh, it was, she was tweeting about how, you know, the Taliban is making it so women can't go to college and then they replied to Hillary Clinton and they were just like, you spent like $700 million over here trying to teach our little girls that there's 105 genders. Like, we don't want you. You're, you made a bigger mess in our country than like your husband made on Monica Lewinsky's dress. Like, they like owned like Hillary Clinton. It was awesome. Like, put one up on the board for the Taliban. No. No, but, don't put one up on the board for the Taliban, John. So then for Hillary Clinton, put one up on the board no, for No, I just, let's just root no for points. injuries on both sides. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, you know, it is interesting because it's taken for granted that we have some big interest in these countries, but we really don't, obviously. Mm -hmm. The interest that we have is just that America needs to maintain its global presence so we can continue to, like, antagonize the world and maintain global supremacy. So I'm white-pilled in the sense that eventually these people aren't going to be able to hold on to their power, and the quality of life that I'm going to have and that our children are going to have is going to be better because of that. Like, before America became a global superpower, I saw a picture on Twitter. It was of uh, St. Louis in, like, 1910, and it looked like a painting of Athens. I mean, it was like this beautiful city. That was before America was, like, you know, top dog. You still had a good quality of life. You still had a good society. So we don't need to be that, you know, global supreme power to have that in our own country. And I think that the coalition we have now is so unserious and so absurd, they're not going to be able to hold on to that power, especially with the way the realignment is happening. And really, the only reason we can hold on to that power is because of, you know, let's say one-tenth of one percent of the population who's keeping the trains running on time. But those people are either about to retire or they're not going to be hired because of diversity. They're not going to be accepted into schools that would put them into those positions because of affirmative action or what have you. So we're not going to be able to hold on to it, I don't think. So are you guys both, as you say, you're both white-pilled on this? Do you share that same sentiment when it comes to China itself, right? Because you have China, obviously China is trying to step up and, and be, as yeah. you said, top dog, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know that they're not really good people. They're not good guys. I mean, the government, right? The CCP, uh, not good guys. A lot of human rights abuses going around there. So the fact that China is trying to step in and obviously be the superpower yeah. Should that trouble uh, It doesn't us? trouble me at all, because like I've said many times before, I'd encourage the Americans to actually go look at the house of cards that China themselves are on. I think that's actually part of why they're trying to build this coalition. They ain't as dominant, definitely economically, as a lot of people like to pretend. The actual dominance that they have seems to be more geared towards what we voluntarily ended ourselves in by crippling our own country in terms of... Um, 
you know, manufacturing and all you know because you're a business owner mm -hmm. that has to deal with it. We talked about this uh, last mm -hmm. time I was on the show on Wednesday and the amount of just crap that is produced mm -hmm. out of China. But it's not because China just does it better. And it's not necessarily the case. It's that in some cases it's even illegal in your own country to produce certain things, certain paints you can't can't use. It's just stupid stuff that is crippled by way of, oh, these idiotic clowns that think they're all oh, the EPA or mm -hmm. they say that you can't produce this type of thing. because all the of red climate tape. change. Yeah, all that stuff that you have to you have to jump through. I would much rather, if I have to choose between, I don't know, ruling over or attempting to meddle in other countries' affairs out of fear uh, that, you know, or you're trying to present yourself as this sort of global uh, uh, power, I would much rather them focus on how are you crippling the individuals within your own country by way of these other various policies and even like maybe through through cultural uh, kind of what what you what you talk about a lot, and you we both talk about a lot, John, with like just how just culturally we're crippling our own uh, our own future through all this nonsense that we sit up here and produce. If Americans had some sort of renaissance there, and where we're focusing on obviously eliminating those issues, I think you could maintain certainly an economic presence that will you know the American dream, as they used to call it, which will, of course, incentivize uh, individuals within it to create for them themselves and the people that are around them, as opposed to worrying about what the hell China is doing. China's a paper tiger in a lot of sense, which is why they're trying to make these moves in the first place. But that only works if you continue to have your own country, your own government crippling you in the name of whatever bullcrap, be it diversity or, or climate change or whatever nonsense. Yeah, John. He's absolutely right. You know, if we were like a competent country, it wouldn't even be close. Like there's certainly nothing to scoff at, but in terms of, you know, if we got our act together, it, it wouldn't even be close. I mean, Chinese and frankly, like Asians in general, they don't really innovate the same way that Europeans do. I mean, I think the phrase is like, you know, they iterate, they don't innovate. Um, and there's certainly a lot of, you know, innovation that has come out of China in particular. They have a very long history, but in terms of like who created the modern world, that's like Europeans. Mm. And I think that if we just stopped crippling ourselves, we could like take that back. But, you know, do we want to have that if we're going to be steering the entire world towards a very like degenerate direction? I don't know. Mm. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, I feel better now. I was I was getting worried and you guys you guys uh, put my fears aside. Um, I want to get into after the break. Let's go ahead and talk about Donald Trump's comments about how there will be death and destruction if he is indicted. Um, first, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't heard, I, will you th show this show this graphic for a second. Do you look at look at her? She's beautiful. She's lovely. And but most importantly, she's happy. She's a happy Gen Zer. Do you know why she's a happy Gen Zer? Because she decided to subscribe to Blaze TV with a $30 off annual pass coupon because she's a student. So right now you can get $30 off uh, an annual pass with a student military or first responder discount. You can go to subscribe.blazetv.com, click the verification button and enter your ID to get started over at uh, subscribe.blazetv.com. Those of you who are watching on Blaze TV, thank you, thank you, thank you. We could not thank you enough. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking the time to subscribe and uh, supporting us. And we like to offer exclusive content there. We have off the record that uh, we go in and speak exclusively to Blaze TV subscribers. So go sign up if you can. But those of you who are watching on YouTube, we appreciate you guys as well. We like to, you know, freeloaders unite. Uh, as you guys like to say in the chat. John's looking at me funny. We've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with them, John. It's a joke. It's just a joke. Are you offended for them? I, I'm, I, I don't know. Just do your show. Are you offended for them? No. 
You looked offended. No, I was just I was shocked to hear you say It's that. a joke. It was just a joke. They, they, they joke about it in the chat, so I'm just saying. I love all of you. I love every single one of you, and I appreciate every single one of you. Um, I would like it very much if you could gently tap that like button and subscribe to the channel. Just because they say it in their community doesn't mean that you can say it. I mean, it's, 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 totally, <laughs> it's different it's when totally it's coming different. from me. Yeah, I'm just trying to help you out. In case. <laughs> um, so make sure to, to comment, help with the algorithm and all that, because uh, the overlords over don't like us very much. Um, I want to get to Donald Trump on Truth Social yesterday. Uh, not only did Donald Trump share an article about Alvin Bragg that was illustrated with a picture of uh, Donald holding up a baseball bat. Those of you who are watching right now can see it. Uh, he's holding up a baseball bat. It's a, it's a double, like it's two images that are in a collage side by side. So it looks like he's holding up the baseball bat right next to Alvin Bragg standing there. Obviously, it's not the same picture. I'm not even sure that it was supposed to look like that or that he shared it thinking that it looked like that. Um, but of course, that's the Democrat talking point was that he must have been uh, encouraging violence I'm not sure he did himself any favors when he posted this on Truth Social. He said, what kind of person can charge another person, in this case, a former president of the United States, who got more votes than any sitting president in history and leading candidate by far for the Republican Party nomination with a crime when it is known by all that no crime has been committed and also known that potential death and destruction in such a false charge could be catastrophic for our country? Why and who would do such a thing? Only a degenerate psychopath that truly misspelled, hates the USA. I do believe with, I do agree with him on that last point there for sure. Um, I want to toss this to you, John, first, because you, do, I mean, admittedly, you are Donald Trump's greatest fan. Donald Trump expert. Yeah, yeah Donald Trump. I want to toss it to Donald Trump expert right. John Doyle here. Um, John, do you see any potential issues with perhaps the wording of Donald Trump's post? No. Okay, so we're just walking right into like let the media say what they're going to say, and well, yeah, because they're going to do that anyways. I mean, I don't it, disagree with you there. It'd be one thing if he were, you know, uh, like honestly, the post that he put like a few days ago, where he was just straight up like, you know, they're killing the country. Stop this. Take to the streets. Like that was something where it's like, okay, Donald, let's just maybe tone it down a little <laughs> bit. But this, I don't think, is that bad. And I mean, what this guy has been through is just so amazing. And honestly, the fact that. Donald Trump, no, first of all, no one currently alive has had more fun than Donald Trump. I mean, like, this guy was, like, living his best life in the 1980s. He had all this money, you know, supermodel. The fact that the thing that they found on him was, like, maybe there was some weird stuff with his taxes. Maybe there was some weird stuff with some hush money. It's like, who cares? Yeah. If you give me, like, 30 minutes and in an internet connection, I can show you, like, at least, like, 100 politicians who have done, like, far worse things. Mm -hmm. And you can prove it. Including the president of the United States right now. Yeah, his son is, like, <laughs> vlogging it. And, and <laughs> Nothing is done. And we know that his son was used as like a proxy to have control of the White House by foreign interests. But nothing is done about that. But like, oh, this billionaire, like real estate mogul, maybe got a little creative with his taxes. And maybe, you know, he did some weird stuff. Look, I've never said like, wow, I love how Donald Trump has only been married and faithful to one woman. I've never said that, okay? I like the way that he is like this, this walking embodiment of like American restlessness. That's what I love about Trump. I love that he can, you know, be this middle finger that people crave so desperately. I'm not saying that like he's a a perfect guy. But if you want to start like, you know, keeping score in terms of like who's really been the most morally transgressive, it's definitely not Donald Trump. I just well, but in regards to the post, I just 
Look, I will always defend him when it's, you know, the media coming after him for something that he said that they're taking out of context. I will always defend him on that. I just don't like to see him set himself up for it. Right. Like I don't I read it and I'm like, dude, you know how they're going to spin this. Don't get don't give them the talking point on a platter. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the but how do you correct that course is something right. that I think a lot of um, non leftists have been trying to figure out yeah. because they have their own kind of establishment. They all have their own proper channels. They have their own way of doing things. So um, they get to control the conversation or whatever narrative it is that mm -hmm. they they seek to put put out there. So what happens is, is that everybody else has to make an adjustment on how they communicate in order to, let's say, not fall into these obvious traps of of uh, them being able to utilize what they control against you, per mm -hmm. se. And so I understand that you have to have some sort of ability to be able to read the room. You have to have some sort of ability to be able to not walk walk into that to some degree. But in the same respects, how does that stop? unless you stop allowing them to kind of control the conversation and saying, you're going to say whatever you're going to say, screw you. But I will say there is at least some merit to what it is that he's saying mm -hmm. in the event that he is arrested. It'll be a massive deal. It'll be something that we certainly haven't seen, um, at least not in our lifetimes or something like that. Definitely a former president being arrested in a way um, uh, like that. And definitely because so many people see him as a representative of him, of themselves, of them. excuse me. Yeah, the people. Yeah, the people per se. That's going to create some sort of uh, re re reaction. And whether you like or dislike, that's just the reality of the situation because people are looking at it. Do like, you blame them? Would you, no, would you, you can't. You, no, I, I don't. no, in that sense, you, you can't, because yeah. I would say the same thing would happen if it wasn't a president. Let's say it was somebody that had a, some other cause that they were, let's say, known for that a lot of people got on board. And they were, let's say the people felt like that, that person was wrongfully in, 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 incriminated with doing something or, and they were, persecuted. Uh, unfair or something mm -hmm. being wrongly being prosecuted. They would react. They would react in some sort of way. It's just obviously this. It, how does it get bigger than, let's say, the president of the freaking United States, especially considering who he was even before then? This is a guy that has a lot of a lot of clout. So there is at least merit that even if he says, chill out, don't react, do whatever, much much like with uh, the uh, I guess the, the thing that was worse than September 11th and uh, January 6th. Uh, even if something like that happens where you like tell the come, people are going to act the, the way that they act if they certainly feel felt wrong. And that needs to be the conversation. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to have that. To your point, Sarah, it's going to be this is what you gave us. Mm -hmm. We're going to run it nonstop. And we're going to the gullible people that are out there that cling to our word as if it's gospel. We're going to present it as this this evil man that is trying to, I don't know, incite violence. Yeah, I mean, you, you do like John. You know that's what the talking point is going to be, right? Trump's inciting another, you know, insurrection. Trump's inciting violence. Look, he's calling for the death and destruction. Oh, no. Why do you look like you're going to cry? Well, because the media is going to say something mean. Oh, well. No, no, no. no. And and but I I know I agree with you. But and I I'm also saying I, to Eric's point, I don't disagree that it should happen because when you're talking about all of these federal bureaucracies that are being completely weaponized against not just the former president of the United States, but half of the country. All, all, I have no doubt that every single one of us sitting at this table is on some sort of list. Oh, We're all on a list, right? They're, they are like, this is the political persecution, not just of him, but of half the country. So as Eric likes to say so frequently, like, I see all of these things happening and I'm like, our founding fathers went to war well, for far less. less. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, I, I actually think in a weird way, him being allowed to speak freely about it is making that less likely to happen. Meaning that if Trump became like, like for example, in the fall, his rhetoric was very sort of toned down. He was kind of establishment-y and I, I held on. I was like, please revert. <laughs> but people were getting really angry. And if people don't see an outlet politically, I think that's when you're gonna start to see protests become more violent, people become more violent, people start Fed posting more often. Because they need to believe that there's at least like some avenue we can take politically because if that's done, then it's like people are, well, what do we have left to lose? So I don't know, if the media you know, says, oh, he's blah, 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 it's whatever. I think that he should just basically be allowed to say whatever he wants. I think Eric makes a really good point. It's like, you can look at Trump saying something and tens of millions of Americans getting so mad, one of two ways. You can think Trump is just so good at speaking and Americans are just so stupid that he's able to just like command this cult or maybe there's something to be said about the way that they feel. And the mm -hmm. fact that Trump can somehow channel that with you know his 200 word vocabulary, which I love, <laughs> says more about the state of how the country's being governed than it does yeah, about yeah, yeah. Trump's rhetorical skills. He has the best vocabulary, he knows all the best words. Greatest. Uh, the greatest words of all time. Uh, all right, when we come back, let's talk about the fifth United States Circuit Court of Appeals who has just blocked Joe Biden's disgusting vaccine mandate. We'll be right back. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, blocked a vaccine mandate from the Biden administration. They said, of course, this look, if you watch this program, I think you already understand the president doesn't have the authority to do this. Uh, but we're hearing it at least from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. The president does not have the same authority as, say, the CEO of a private corporation to require employees to be vaccinated. Uh, so this is for all of the executive branch employees, uh, as well as the United States military, which was later rescinded, but of course, not before uh, 8,400 service members were forced out of service for refusing to comply. And how many service members got the vaccine and now have problems uh, not that they would have a problem from this vaccine, because as we know, this is the safest and most effective uh, vaccine of all time. Um, but let's just say, coincidentally enough, they might have myocarditis. Yeah, but mild, it mild myocarditis. It's true. It's mild. All right. Mild pericarditis, correct. Mm, yeah. Which, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, who has been sitting in that chair right there, um, has said there, I asked him. Specifically, is there such a thing as mild cases of myocarditis? And he's the, the heart expert, like greatest of all time, was like, no, that's not it's not a mild like anytime you have heart damage. That's a that's a big problem. Uh, by the way, if you want to catch that exclusive interview, you can do that. If you are a subscriber over at Blaze TV, use promo code news for some savings. Um, but this is look, it's very frustrating because um, here, let me give you this. The Biden administration has claimed that uh, approximately 98% of those who would be affected by these rulings um, have already been vaccinated. So that's the frustrating part. Well, that was the point. Right, exactly. We need to understand exactly. that with exactly. all of that, it was they like- They knew. They knew that- Just like with the student loan, bingo, bingo. the, the uh, rent uh, uh, moratorium, um, where they, like, they explicitly say, 
We know it's going to get struck down by the courts. We know it's unconstitutional. We don't care. We're going to do it to you yeah. anyway. And it's more of, uh, yes, of course, some of it's political, but a lot of it, as it pertained to the jab, was more coercive and extortive. Mm-hmm. It's more mm-hmm. what, what, what they want to do. Sure, so, you don't have to take it, but yeah, you won't but be able to feed this your is going to end up happening, right. and it's like, you know, if you're in that position, no matter where you're at, you're like, mm, it doesn't even matter if you're even working for a business. It's like, do you sacrifice your job, or do you go ahead and put up with it? That was a decision that a lot of people were left with, and then the people that held out, which uh, was the right move anyway, kind of had got vindicated after the fact. But you have a lot of people who did it, probably now regret it more than they ever had, only because, well, yeah, it, did, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now, and it, and it pertains to the government. You know, it's weird that this, a lot of this affects his own employees and all, and all of that sort of stuff. It may be setting precedent for what's to come after it if it wasn't going to get rescinded in the first place. But the fact that there's one individual that thinks that they could just make that decision on behalf of so many people, it's just absolutely I- incredible. But imagine how cocky and arrogant that you have to be to be able to believe that you could even do it. But also, I guess on the other hand, imagine how stupid you have to be to believe that this is something that he could have done uh, in the first place. To be fair, there's a lot of stuff that is unconstitutional if we're going to refer to that document that these guys do left and right. But there seems something, I guess, particularly rotten uh, about this. And a lot of people were early on this and saying this is not going to be a thing. And this is why they were telling folks to hold out. Yeah. I don't think the Constitution is going to save us. Uh, I saw something recently where someone was, and this I agree with, they were saying that DeSantis needs to refuse to have Trump be extradited to New York if it goes that way. He'll unify the party. It'll be like a middle finger to the Democrats. And I saw, I think it was Ben Shapiro, like, quote tweeted it and was like, well, the Constitution says you can't do that. I was like, oh, thank you. I think he God. quoted another Daily Wire employee who was saying it. Yeah. That was inc- I, I was saw like, that. Thank God. Oh, what, just wait until everyone else hears about all the stuff the Constitution <laughs> says you can't do. And then all of a sudden we're going to go back to like 1787 America. It's going to be beautiful. What matters more is like who is enforcing things, which is why like this in particular is good because the court was like, you can't do that. And that's how the left has won so many victories because their policies are extraordinarily unpopular. But what they do is they'll have, you know, someone file a lawsuit and they'll have some activist judge rule a certain way and find some weird interpretation within written law and then they'll have their you know media pals run it and so pretty soon like public opinion is solidified to now support this thing that would never have been voted on um, uh, would never have passed through like an actual vote so that's what they do and so this is what the right is going to have to copy if they want to be successful and this is like one of the most fun things about politics you can do literally whatever you want but you have to be smart about it. So you have to say, okay, well, here's what I want to get done. Here are the policies that are going to enact that by proxy. Here's my marketing strategy. Here's why I'm going to tell the public I'm doing this. Here's my legal strategy, you know, whatever. And you can like work things through that way. And we're going to have to start doing that pretty soon. Otherwise, we're not going to have a country anymore. Um, I, I totally agree. Um, I want to I switch gears here to uh, what's going on in the House. So there is a GOP parental rights bill that is being discussed right now on the House floor. Uh, the bill says that parents have the right to know if a school employee or contractor acts to change a minor child's gender markers, pronouns, or preferred name, or allow a child to change the child's sex-based accommodations, including locker rooms or bathrooms. Seems simple enough. Seems something that 10 years ago, we like this would not be, would be very much bipartisan support. There would be no issues. Uh, well, but, you know, we're in 2023 right now. And the Democrats were like, no, it's a, this is extreme, mega, extreme, mega Republicans. You can't do this. This is an attack. Uh, here are some of your favorite Democrat lawmakers reacting. Watch. And don't say gay infringements on um, parents' rights, including LGBTQ plus and supportive parents. How disgraceful we want to terrorize the very people who love our children. <laughs> Keep them safe 
and educate them for over eight hours daily. Our teachers are sacrificial lambs. Sounds like an You will never (laughs) eliminate public schools. We will fight you as long as it takes. I can't I can't take anything she says. I will never take seriously with that voice. Um, so it, this is disgusting and terroristic against teachers. Uh, this is an attack, an, a MAGA attack on LGBTQ uh, IA apostrophe plus semicolon Z students. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't play everyone's favorite stupid Democrat AOC uh, saying this is, you know, everything's fascism, I guess. Watch. They are asking the Republican Party to keep culture wars out of classrooms. Our children need urgent and aggressive educational solutions. The American Library Uh Association coming out against this Republican proposal. Uh When we talk about progressive values, I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. The gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman from Virginia... You know, you have to wonder, like, does she understand that what she it's the exact opposite of what she's saying? Like you are giving parents more freedom, more rights for their children. Does she understand how yeah. stupid it well, is? She's, she's oh, man, I almost use a word that I use on my show all the time. But just for the sake of Blaze TV, she is a brainlet. I will, I will say that. But most of her colleagues certainly are. Now, yes, they use terms that don't make any sense. Freedom of fascism. You, of course, you have no idea what that term certainly uh, means by any means. But you got in order, I guess, to understand what it is they're saying, you have to understand how they view like control of particularly your children. Mm. And that coincides to them with freedom. So in the event, this is why that chick. Uh, that, that sounded like she was impersonating, I guess, Miss Piggy or Ms. whatever. Piggy, yeah. uh, sounded like she's talking about, first of all, you're giving them way too much credit talking about you would never end up in public schools. It's like, wow, I, I'm all on board yep. on that. And I need yep. to be finding out who the hell is in the Republican <laughs> Party that's trying to trying to do that. But they find that as a threat. Anything that deprives them of access, certainly to the next generation, they consider that a threat. Mm-hmm. And if you navigate it as such, you find it a lot more easy to deal with these crackheads. But they need control of that. So they have this weird way of using language to insist that if they if you don't allow them control, you are somehow attacking them and by default attacking freedom. Mm -hmm. These people don't make any sense. But to be fair, they don't have to considering the base it is that they're trying to appeal to. Amen. We've been trying to play like volleyball with that term, you know, fascist, like the left or the real fascist. No, it's the right. And it's like they control not only the popular definition of that word, but they also control the mechanisms that would enforce that and like, you know, decide Mm. that you are bad because you're a fascist or whatever. But if fascism means right wing authoritarianism, like think about what that means, where simply not allowing children to be groomed by people who are supposed to be like looking out for them and teaching them how the world works. If that is fascism, what does that say about what they're doing? Like if, if that is like extreme authoritarianism, what does that say about like what they're trying to do to children? And that's the thing, you know, we tend to think about, and I think this is a problem, we think about authoritarianism, like and, and maybe as a libertarian, you might agree with this, as like all being bad, but I don't know, I think about like left-wing authoritarianism and it's like, oh, we're gonna have your kids be groomed and then they're gonna come home and be like, mommy, I'm actually a girl and if you disagree, we're gonna like send you to jail and take custody of your children. It's like left-wing authoritarianism. Right-wing authoritarianism is just like, oh, people who advocate for that, you're in jail now and everyone else can just like do their thing. <laughs> That's like literally what would happen. And so, and this country used to be far more, you know, authoritarian and right-wing. We repealed all of those laws that would have like checked for this or corrected for this kind of behavior. And I think that's the reason why these people are allowed to like do this is because they otherwise would just be in like mental asylums or prison. Well, I feel like I should let 
quickly let the uh, the anarcho. Well, not not all, all and, uh, not all. Well, he's not gonna, he's gonna be like, no, I don't believe in prisons. We just need to get like Pinochet back. <laughs> <laughs> Drop him out of a freaking helicopter, especially the communists. No, but that, uh, on a serious note. Like, all authoritarianism isn't equal, you know what I mean? Mm. Anybody that's a libertarian and looks at it like objectively speaking, you understand that not all forms of government, there are less and more preferable Mm -hmm. uh, forms of government. Mm -hmm. Hell, there are less and more preferable government documents. I even say this to appeal to at least a lot of the people that watch the show, like that sit up here and and, and espouse like the um, Declaration of Independence and stuff. I'm like, if you read that, man, that's more aligned with what I'm thinking as opposed to what what it is that you're thinking. You're LARPing, uh, actually. So if we're going to be completely honest about it, but it's not all equal. And in order to get the world and what I think a lot of libertarians, at least myself, not that like Loberts, but for, for folks like myself, I want to see in my lifetime a more freer, more prosperous world. And in order to do that, you have to see the world for what it is and navigate it as such, not for simply what is the ideal. Because um, you can't, like, what I might want, like, I can say, snap, in this, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I have to understand how to navigate that if I'm going to get to that world that I like to see. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back. Friday, which means, uh, you know, we're kicking it back a little bit casual. I told you, I'm chewing gum. Friday, uh, and we are going to get to some of your Dear Sarah questions that you've been sending. Keep them coming. If you need advice, you can email us. Abby's got nothing on us. Also, Abby's dead. <laughs> so you can just email Dear Sarah at theblaze.com. Uh, so let's get to some of these today. The first one is. <clears throat> Dear Sarah, I have a dilemma. It has to do with TikTok. I have deleted the TikTok app from my phone because of security issues, supposedly because the government says that China is spying on Americans. Then I got to thinking, when both sides of the aisle in the entire government is telling the American people to do something, I figure it should be questioned. China is already spying on us through the 5G networks system that's already implemented in America. So is it because TikTok allows freedom of speech and they don't want the truth to be communicated? So, dear Sarah, what should I do? Go with my gut instinct or trust the government? My dilemma. Well, here's the thing. You're not trusting the government when you say the CCP is bad. And if TikTok can spy on you and give that information to the CCP, who we mentioned earlier in the program, is totally fine with being like the world superpower. Um, I'd be deleting TikTok and I wouldn't worry about that one time that, you know, the clock, what is it? The clock is, strikes 12 twice a day or whatever it is. Like every once in a while, most of me- the members of government might get it right. But remember, you still have people like AOC, people like Jamal Bowman, people like the squad who are saying TikTok needs to stay. I think that's your best argument that you need to get rid of it. When the squad is, is advocating for it, you know you don't want anything to do with it. Gentlemen, do you have any uh, things to add there? Well, I would push back on the whole free speech thing. Because, yeah, it's not freedom of uh, speech. Because I, I, uh, at least in the concept of, in terms of how they generally When I had lie. TikTok, I, they were always removing my yeah, videos. They, that was not very I, free I've for seen me. that be the same experience for everybody mm-hmm. else, so I'd push back on that. Yeah. I think, yeah, they do remove them. They've removed my stuff as well. But they seem to be able to still go viral very quickly and then get removed. And you've got that, like, you know, million or something views they can rack up. Also, if I had to put my tinfoil hat on, I would say it's because TikTok has been a great way to shine light on how crazy the left is. I mean, Mm. look at, like, the libs of TikTok Mm -hmm. account. 
literally just posting how they behave. And I would say it's probably because they know it's like demoralizing to their side for the public to be exposed to just the fact that like their entire voting demographic is composed of like freaks. Yeah. So because they don't care about spying. I mean, they spy. No, they on spy us, on us, so. right? They, well, right, and they can spy on us with Facebook and Instagram because yep. they're colluding with the American-run companies. Yep. With this one, they can't. Uh, but that, nonetheless, that doesn't mean that you should continue to have it on your phone just because they happen to maybe agree mostly uh, with that one. Hope that answers your question. All right, let's get to the next one. My nephew, dear Sarah, my nephew, 23 years old, has recently come out as transgender. Oddly, we also attended his wedding last August where he was definitely a groom. I have teenage children, we homeschool, and my children have never stepped foot in a public school, but because of this, we had to discuss this with them. We had intended on visiting and having a cousin's day out for Christmas, but that was abruptly halted as I, my husband and I decided we didn't want the kids around at this time. Uh, my husband wants no contact with him. I had to tell my parents their family would not be whole as long as my nephew continues to fully embrace this delusion. However, my husband has the final say, at least with our children. I suppose he can't stop me from visiting. Am I to call him by his chosen name, the nephew, and encourage my kids to as well? I will not use the wrong pronouns, but I don't want to be rude. He is changing the name I have called him for 23 years, but for now I am praying and loving from afar. This has fractured my relationship with my sister. She is struggling with the decision, but she is still his mom and loves him. We haven't spoken since before Christmas when I told her our stance. I would love to see him come back to God and be who God intended him to be, but how can I show him the love of Christ by refusing to be a part of his life? Sincerely, Anguished Aunt. Well, I think, Anguished Aunt, thanks for writing and taking the time. I hate that you're struggling with this, but I think that you have to separate this because I think that there are two components here. There is the component of your children, who you have a duty to protect, and there is the component of you being a loving aunt and family member. So I think when it comes to your children, I would not have my children around this at all. I would not. Um, I would not expose my children to it. I, 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 under, I don't know how old your children are. I don't think you said here. So I don't know like how young they are to be able to process this and exactly what you explained to them. But I would not put this situation in their laps because they didn't ask for this type of confusion. Um, and I wouldn't just entertain that type of confusion to children if I didn't absolutely have to, which you don't because you don't have to see these people. Um, now you, as a concerned aunt, can then have the conversations perhaps with your nephew if you're close to him or with your sister. Um, and you can maybe come from a loving, uh, you know, Christian um, uh, uh, vibe, but I don't think that that means you, automatic, you automatically have to bring your children into this situation. You got to protect them at like at all costs from this nonsense. Um, but as far as the, the name goes, I don't fault. I mean, look, I'm not here to just be like, I hate trans people. Like, I, I, I don't. I feel bad for them because the medical community is purporting their, their delusions. Um, so I don't think there's a problem with calling them the new name, but I also don't think that they should give you a hard time if you forget or don't want to. I think that that should be personal preference. I would say it's ruder for them to make you adjust reality to I think so too. subjective self-identity. Well, especially he said for 23 years, he's already been this name. But yeah, don't bring your kids around him, but that kid's dad needs to spend time with him and like participate in normal masculine, because that's what causes transgenderism. It's not genetic, it's porn addiction, and it's like lack of authentic development into like your masculine or feminine identity, respectively. So uh, if that, and you really can't come at it from like a critical perspective, because yeah. part of this identity needs a villain, which is you yes. as a Christian. Yes. So you can't even, frankly, come at it from like a, bib a biblical perspective, because then the demon that is literally possessing this person is gonna like shut you out immediately. You, you have to like 
slowly get them out of it, and their parents have to be the ones to do that. So we got ten seconds. Last word, Eric. Yeah, that's a, a tough one to navigate. You got your children, and then you got them as an aunt. Like I said, you're gonna know what's best, um, mm -hmm. at least in terms of how to navigate that. But I would say, don't sacrifice just for the sake of maintaining a relationship yep. with that nephew. Don't sacrifice your children for it. So that's a decision that you got to make. Amen. Amen. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. comes to climate change, we can always count on the left to give us verifiable facts on a global cooling, global warm, I don't know, they just make it up as they go along. Here is Dr. Jill Biden and Joe on it. Watch. Well, it's been really warm because of global warming in oh. the United States. So. See, it's a strange winter. Yeah, global warming. it is. It didn't get cold right away. It was mm. mild for most of the winter and then it got really cold. Shoot, that's because of global cooling. Uh -huh. Yeah. On the West Coast, a great deal of rain and a lot of forest fires. I mean, That's because of the global fires it's a tough year. and the global flooding. More of our forest trees have burned to the ground oh, no. this year than the entire state of Maryland. Oh, no. Oh, no. I listen. I feel like that's why they said, let's just call it climate change because we keep changing it. We were calling it acid rain, and then we we're calling it global cooling, and the glaciers were going to melt, and then we said global warming, but that didn't work out, and we, we th I thought we were just going to stick to climate change so we could make it be whatever we wanted. But I trust Jill because she's a doctor, so she must real know. Real doctor. She, a real doctor, Eric. She must know. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.